0: Hello friend and colleague, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music on our show this week, episode 167. My special guest is Michelle Marquardt-DeVoe. We are continuing the conversation about welcoming new students into our studio. This episode specifically is about finding the ideal customer, making sure they're the right fit for our studios, getting to know them, and also that awkward conversation about policies and money. Yes, we're talking about sales and how to present your offers to new clients. A wonderful conversation best business practices right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Full Voice Podcast. My friend, my colleague, I hope you are well. I hope your teaching season has started on a uh, no pun intended. Well, I guess pun intended. On a on a good note, um, I just wanted to shout out, if you're listening to this podcast at time of uh, release, we are mid-September. Many studios are underway and have been underway, uh, and uh, I hope everything's going well for you. One of the frustrations I know that I have always dealt with at this time of year is just when I think... Just when I think I've got my schedule all figured out, something has to change. Uh, a student, a student has to move. A student has a conflict. Uh, it always happens. There's, there's no such thing as, as a finished schedule. It was forever, forever changing. And I, I just wanted to share. Um, I just wanted to share like a sweet little story. So, um, my studio is very small. I only have a few students, um, and that is because I'm very busy here with the team at Full Voice, and we are busy creating resources for amazing teachers like yourself. And uh, I am going to direct everybody to our new website, fullvoicemusic.com, Pumpkin Spice warm-up game is a fabulous free download, and it is a learning to sing in harmony study. And, of course, it's pumpkin spice, so it's delicious fun. Anyhow, check that out. But um, I just wanted to share with everybody. Uh, I, I, I have a, a small studio, and now it is much smaller uh, because one of my sweet, wonderful, super talented teens sent me the email And I know my friend who's listening to this, I know you've gotten these emails and they're bittersweet emails. So I got a lovely email thanking me Um, but I have a young, a young lady who is going into her final year in high school and she's made the decision that she really needs to focus on her schoolwork this year because she's really trying to get her marks up. And, um, she's also working, uh, like a a lot. Uh, she's got a great, uh, part-time job that she really enjoys. And so she sent me this beautiful email saying, thank you, but it's just not going to work for her this year. And you know, friends, I, I never get upset. I never. It's so sad to say goodbye, especially when they're such a good student and and such a wonderful family too. But it was a beautifully written email, and she took the time to thank me for all the wonderful things we had done and how much she had enjoyed her lessons. And I, it's it's hard to say goodbye to those special students, but. Um, I I really respect her for uh, the way she communicated. Um, the reasons that she was discontinuing, and I love the fact that she was choosing um, her priorities. I was that's that makes me feel that makes me feel good. That's I think that's good parenting, and I think that's that's a lovely young woman who's um, growing into a responsible young adult. So, anyhow, I just uh, I just wanted to uh, shout out to those of you who are still trying to navigate those fall schedules. And um, maybe you've gotten an email like that from one of your dear students, it's always hard to say goodbye. But um, this, um, this brings um, this brings us to our topic. Um, because for every student, friends, every student that says goodbye, you know that there's another wonderful student, another wonderful family that's going to take their place. But our conversation today is about uh, it, it's about the work and the, and the way that we set up um, our systems and our studios and our businesses and how we um, connect with people, especially in those first appointments, or those first phone calls to really make sure that um, not only uh, is the student and their family a good fit, but that we're a good fit for them and that that is that takes a lot of courage and and for those of you who find this part of the you know getting to know people and this part of running a business rather awkward well you're not alone And I know that it's a challenging thing to do. And if it just makes you uncomfortable, I guarantee that this podcast is going to make it easier. First of all, Michelle has been a regular guest on the podcast for several years now. And I love the way that Michelle uh, helps us all with business and our money mindset and everything. But she does a wonderful job of helping us understand um, the steps that we can take, the professional, courteous steps that we can take to really start everything off on such a good, strong foot. So, without further ado, Michelle marquardt Devoe, Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to Season 7. Michelle marquardt Devoe. <laughs>
1: I'm here unto you. Thank you for having me back yet again, my fabulous sister from another mister, Lone. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here.
0: And also, can I tell them that you're tell wearing a what? bathing suit right now?
1: <laughs> sure. I am wearing my swimsuit because I took my children's to the pools right before i came to talk with you today what are
0: you wearing nikki i am wearing my filthy gardening shirt which has dirt on it as well as paw prints from my dog and probably pretty sweaty and smelly because i was in my garden uh and now before i talk to
1: you i'm just saying if you're not living the life you want to live in your garden clothes and your swimsuits right. while also behaving professionally <laughs> on an elite voice teacher podcast. Well, really, what are you doing?
0: Well, Really what? We did talk about this before. We talked about the many hats that we wear as many hats, many hats. So being moms going swimming and being moms getting away from her family and hanging out in the garden, that's all part of it.
1: that's all part of it being people who hide from their children that's part that's part of it too
0: i wanted to uh i wanted to uh, talk to you today we have a very important topic and it ties in with the conversations that we've been having it ties in with many of the conversations that we had last season and for my listeners Michelle's podcasts about business and money mindset and all of those things are the top listened to slash downloaded podcasts. This stuff is what people are looking for running a business, doing the doing the business things being an amazing teacher but also a great business owner. So we are continuing the conversation. Now, I had a beautiful conversation with Sarah. We were talking about onboarding, about the social media presence, the website presence, getting your your studio out there. Mm -hmm. But when you get that attention and people are now curious about you, there's, how do you do that? And you happen to have written a book about this i wrote a book and it is beautiful i i have my copy it's a it's an ebook and it is wonderful and i love i love how you're serving people and how you are encouraging people and i also love the way you break down the steps because this is where people get overwhelmed and lost yeah i hear you I think
1: people don't realize they have an inquiry process. So the title of the book is The Art of the Inquiry. Mm -hmm. And I titled it that because it is a little, it's artistic, it's creative. But just like any art that we do, it falls within some parameters that have to be done in order to make something happen. Mm. Everybody listening has an inquiry process, Whether it's intentional or not is
0: another question. Oh, okay. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean if it's intentional or not?
1: So every single person who owns a business, every single music studio owner out there, voice teacher, has some sort of process where they get from inquiry coming in, the text, the email, the Facebook message, the whatever, the phone call. Right, there's
0: so many, yeah.
1: Yeah, comes from that we have some connection to now you're a student in my studio and Mm. we're singing together and making music together and enjoying each other's awesomeness. Mm -hmm. Usually people don't think through what that process is actually for. And some people get really lucky and their kind of accidental process works really well. Okay. Okay. But sometimes people don't actually do that very well and they wonder why people either ghost them or good people come into the studio and then they fall off so there's low retention
0: oh ouch yeah
1: or someone comes into the studio that we didn't realize were tricky business people tricky tricky peoples Mm. And they wind up being extremely difficult clients to work with that we then have to get rid of for our own emotional security and sanity. And so what an inquiry process is supposed to do is it's ultimately a sales process of relationship building Mm -hmm. so that you have the right people in your studio at the right time paying for the right level of investment Mm. and they stay a long time. And that's why the kind of subtitle of the book is, um, the secret to revenue, bringing in money relationships, which is ultimately sales and retention. So having the right clients stay with you for the right period
0: of time. Wow. You know, you, you make it sound so easy, like, Oh, you just, it's this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean,
1: there's a dis- So my thing is this start here, discovery call, initial mm. fit, Sales conversation, sign contract, do the thing.
0: Done. All right. So here's my first question. Mm -hmm. Discovery call, Mm -hmm. initial fit. Can we just define the difference between those two things, please?
1: Yes, but not too much because then people will not buy my book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just give them a little teaser. I'm gonna give you a little taste. Well, okay. Before I just want to clarify before you get into that, people need to buy your book because honestly, the step by steps that you put and the examples that you use in the book are so like they just clarify everything. And I think I think that I mean, yes, talking about it is one thing, but you actually do a beautiful job of laying out step by step and with with like language that people can use. So people are going to oh, buy. Yeah, there,
1: I have some scripts. Yeah, there are some scripts in there too. Uh, no, and I was, most, I was mostly joking. <laughs> Not all joking, just mostly joking. Uh, so here's, here's the deal about discovery. You're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. With that back and forth of the emails or back and forth of the text messages or the back and forth of the phone tag. You're doing discovery when someone reads your website then fills out the contact form. You're doing discovery. Basically, what all discovery is and a discovery call is, hey, I'm kind of poking around without investing anything yet Mm -hmm. to see if this is worth my time and money. Mm. And we want that to happen. Mm -hmm. But my suggestion is that it happens in a way that you want it to happen as the voice teacher, the business owner, so that you can be prepared for that conversation and you can make a good decision if you'd like to continue to go through a relationship building process with this potential client with the initial fit. So the goal of the discovery call is to have a time constraint Mm. and a dedicated time around what you are going to do for free. I prefer that to be in a phone call or a Zoom Mm -hmm. because what that does is it allows us as the business owner to establish a connection and to really ask in real time about the person who we're speaking with. Nice why are they reaching out for voice lessons at this time why are they looking um, into the type of teaching Mm -hmm. that you do what is the goals well and because this is full voice concentrates on the young singer it's usually a parent Mm -hmm. yeah why does kiddo want to sing what kind of music does kiddo want to sing how involved is parent in kiddos wanting to sing
0: <laughs> a very important question to discover
1: <laughs> indeed, and what is the relationship between the parent and the kiddo? Mm. and do you want to get yourself in that
0: or not i I really like that you clarified that, and I wanted to ask this question have you had a discovery call with someone and you know that they are not your people or you are not going to Mm -hmm. provide them with what they're looking for, do you then recommend somebody else or do you have like, how do you go to directing them to somebody else?
1: So personally, what I personally do is I say, I'm gonna give you three questions to ask the next person you talk to. Oh, wow. I don't recommend another teacher if they're a person that I already have red and orange flags about, because I don't want to be mean to other voice teachers.
0: Thank you for that. That's, I think that's really helpful because I felt weird about that too, where I've, where I've had somebody and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable sending you to somebody that I know. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can I ask what those questions are? So it will depend
1: on the conversation. I have kind of a big list of questions that I pull from Mm -hmm. Um, one of usually the question will be like, um, I'd like you to ask the next teacher how they communicate with my kiddo, Mm. you know, for example, right? Like. Are they always going to involve you in the conversation? Or are they going to have a private conversation? Because usually the people that are the most red and orange flaggy to me personally that I cannot work with is people where the parent and the child are not on the same page about the goals of oh, the lessons. Interesting. So like if the parent wants the kid to be a star mm. or the kid wants to be a star, but the parent is like doesn't believe in the kid. Oh, I chance. can't do that. I, sure. I just can't go there. I can't be in the middle. I don't want to be in the middle. Not a good fit for me. So that's like a good question of like, tell me how communication is. Um, I'm trying to think of another time where there was like an orange or red flag. So in grown, with grown people, like adult mm-hmm. students,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, I say, ask, maybe the next person you talk to is just like, ask how flexible they are with commitment.
0: Oh, nice! Because my studio, you
1: know what I mean, like, because I at the time, you know, right now I'm pretty open and flexible, but my price point will stop tire kickers from. Most people won't just drop a hundred and two hundred and twenty five dollars on a lesson, right? Or one hundred and fifty on a lesson if they're not relatively serious, sure, (laughs) right, sure. Um, so my price point kind of does that work for me. Mm -hmm. But if your price point doesn't do that work, heavy lifting for you, that's another question. But it would depend on why I had the orange and red flag, Mm -hmm. what I would invite them to. If it is not an orange or red flag and they're just, you know, they come to me and they're like, I want to learn French art song. (laughs) And I heard you were great. (laughs) I'm going to be like, I am great and not at French art song. So (laughs) here's who I would recommend. I think you should reach out to so-and-so or so-and-so. Or I just tell the truth. I say, I do not know a person who is a specialist in French art song, but I'll ask, I mean, what I do a lot is ask SECO. I just go and ask Speakeasy. Hey, who here wants a student that specializes in, you know, whatever? And, you know, usually someone from SECO can take that over. That's if I don't have an orange or red flag and I just mm-hmm. can't serve them because that's not what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So... That's when I'll refer people is when, I, when I'm like, this person needs this specific thing, and I know I don't have it, but I do know who does. Right. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, which most of the time um, has to do with class- – at this point in my life is like classical stuff, right? Like right. I can do it. That's how I was trained, but I don't want to, and I'm out of practice, and there are people who love it so dearly and are mm-hmm. so much more well-equipped that they should –
0: Students should go and study with them instead. No, I agree. I love that. Now, let's say you've gone through the discovery call, you've made a connection, you and the discovery call is free. It's it's time that you're willing to to give to discover this person. Now you feel you found somebody that might be a good fit, but you still haven't done like you still need to figure out more information. But this is where the free ends and then we move into initial what you call initial fit. Now, can you you that's a term you came up with, I think.
1: I think I came up with it too cuz I've been using it since
0: 2003. Wow. Cuz and and it's a great term, right? The initial fit session or f- a fit lesson. Which gives you. gives you the chance to show the student and and give them a sample of, of what a lesson could look like, but it also gives the student the opportunity to also go, Do I feel comfortable here? This is what I want, or is it what I want?
1: Yeah. So I talk about this in the book, but this concept of like a loss leader. Mm-hmm. A loss leader is anything that is built into the overall, biz, you know, pricing structure of the business, but that the client perceives as free, mm. going in, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Costco samples. <laughs> for an example of a loss leader right? right like that company is investing the money to give out the samples with the hope that all those free samples will at least get one person to buy those darn cheese and spinach tortellinis
0: they're delicious i love those. they are
1: the ra they have raviolis too the- and it's fall, by the way so the pumpkin raviolis are coming everyone mm. they're coming
0: <laughs> i love it
1: so anyway um the discovery call is meant to be kind of 20 to 30 minutes, short, sweet, to the point. What's the vibe? Are you initially the right person? Is your availability lineup
0: like what if this oh, person like, can only
1: take lessons on Saturday, Sunday, and yeah. you're like, I don't, I'm just don't do that. Or if you want, or so you have kind of a heads up about their availability. Maybe you want to make a short-term exception for this person Mm -hmm. because you feel a connection really strong ahead, whatever. But it's like very basic and it's the time where you get them talking about themselves. Ooh, yes. Discovery call is not the time where you're vomiting all of your awesomeness onto everyone. Discovery call is the time that you are getting that person to invest in you, so
0: that you can learn about them, mm. and how. Like, I just want to point how that important that is because they have. I mean, well, first of all, everybody loves talking about themselves, right? Uh, but well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they're going to certainly feel a lot more uh, comfort with you because you've taken the time to actually listen to them. Whereas like an intake form on a website is a little less personal.
1: Absolutely. Now I think that like I have a discovery call that has questions on Mm -hmm. it so that I know what to kind of dig into and be like, tell me a little bit more about that. I think you said something really important. You said, oh, everyone loves talking about themselves. That is true. But why do people love talking about themselves? It's because they want to be heard Mm -hmm. and they want to be seen. Mm -hmm. And when we can show that we are level three listeners, not just talking, waiting to respond, but really understanding the need of the person in front of us, what they're saying to us, their tone of voice, maybe if they're on Zoom, their body language. Mm -hmm. When we show them that we can listen to them, that helps them understand that we're the right person for what they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And they're going to give you a lot of information about how to sell to them based on that first conversation. Mm. So the discovery call is used for you to decide, am I going to invite this person to pay me some money or not? Mm. At the end of the discovery call, you will know if you would like this person to give you money or not. Most of the time you do. So you say at the end of the discovery call, this has been fantastic. The next step is... (laughs) I'm going to send, I mean, hopefully you don't have to do this with the link, but I find it more effective and efficient to have a scheduler with intake forms, right? I'm going to send you a link, you're going to pay the money, you're going to answer the questions. And then this is what's going to happen in that call. Nice. So in the initial fit call, we are going to talk more specifically about your goals. I'll have a chance to answer any questions that you have about this business. And we get to sing together. Nice. Or play together or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that call,
0: we'll talk about how to move forward. I think this is where a lot of people think that the discovery call leads to a sign-up permanent people. We still need to do that initial fit.
1: Yes. Right? Here's the thing. It's like a job interview. Mm. Your resume is not supposed to get you a job. Right. It gets Your you the resume. Interview. Gets you the interview. Mm-hmm. Your first interview gets you the next interview.
0: <laughs>
1: the next interview gets you the next interview. Right. And then you get offered a position. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can take this same kind of relationship-building concept because that's what an interview process is. It's a relationship-building, right? right, like dating.
0: <laughs> so the, right.
1: discovery call, the discovery call is just like, hey, do you want to go out on a date? It's not, hey, do you want to get married? Mm, that's helpful. You know, the discovery call only
0: is there to sell the initial fit. And I would love for you to clarify, with the initial fit session – that's not a free lesson. We're not giving that away. mm <laughs> Okay, my listeners can't see the look on Michelle's face, but it's like, hell no. <laughs> heck hell no. Heck no. Heck to the naughty
1: no. <laughs> hey, nonny, nonny, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the look on your face was priceless, so that, that's why we should maybe think about doing uh, video calls from now on. <laughs>
1: In my swimsuit and your In your swimsuit and my garden clothes, yeah. Um, and my sunburned fessa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the deal. In the initial fit is when you're actually delivering some value for these people that they're going to walk away with a different person whether they choose to sign on in your nice. studio or not. Mm-hmm. It's not an audition. You ah. should be giving a full understanding of what it's like to have a lesson with you. Nice. Be being 100% okay if you never see them again.
0: Hey friend, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music. I just want to take a quick second to tell you about our teacher training workshops. Every month, I host live 3-hour classes all about working with young singers in private lessons and small group classes. If you have been thinking about welcoming in a younger demographic and you're not quite sure how to get started, I'm happy to help. The class is fun and I share videos of me working with students in private lessons and in my small group classes, both online and in person. And our workshops include resources. So you have tools to get started right away. If you would like more information on our teacher training, I want you to go to our website, Full Voice Music, and check out the teacher training tab. All of the information is there for our upcoming workshops. I would love to meet you.
1: Understanding of what it's like to have a lesson with you. Be being 100% okay if you never see them again.
0: Okay, that's hard. Being 100% okay if they they say no. Okay, that's hard. Well,
1: I think this goes back to people's fear around sales. Mm, mm -hmm. Because people have internalized that sales means getting people to do something they don't want to do in the first place. Mm. And I don't believe that's what sales is. I believe sales is about making sure that this money that this person is about to spend on your service is a good idea for both of you. Nice. And if this person, if I don't feel good about taking that person's money, I shouldn't. Right. Is this person the kind of person that will learn from me? Mm -hmm. And do I happen to have the skill set, philosophy, teaching mojo that will be effective for this person. Right? So that's why. um, I mean, I like to have initial my initial fit in my voice studio is the longest and most expensive lesson in my studio. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to do this. The, The book has a lot of different options. So it's not I'm not saying anybody has to do this. But I do find that the more skilled people get with scale sales in their businesses they tend to want a longer initial fit lesson because it helps them solidify exactly what to offer the person
0: at the end think too if you just have like a half hour initial fit it may seem like you're rushing them right oh yeah we do this and then we do this and then we do this and oh here's the sign please sign here whereas really you probably need more time and they need more time as well
1: yeah, I get, you know, there's a lot of people out here who are like, well, I just send the information and then, you know, I don't do anything for free. And I'm like, well, yeah, you do.
2: <laughs>
1: and you're paying for it somewhere. So either you're paying for it on the front end mm-hmm. when you're deciding if this person should even buy a contract with you or sign, you know, and when I say a contract, I mean, you know, sign up in a committed relationship with you on your studio or you're spending all that free time having to fix problems because you didn't figure out who this person was and they didn't figure out who you were until after they were always already paying you some money. So Mm. we talk about like bad fit clients, ideal clients, like this kind of thing. A lot of people will say, oh, I took this person on and and it winds up being this really kind of icky relationship or the parent or whatever and I asked them well what was your like how did they come into your studio and it's like we had one email one lesson and then they signed up for tuition oh mm. and I'm like and how long was your lesson and they were like oh an hour 45 minute you know half an hour and I'm like did you know anything about this person other than you like teaching them a lesson? Did you ask them anything? Did you ask them about their schedule? Did you ask them what kind of flexibility they needed? Did you ask them what their other activities were and how involved and where on the priority this was going to be and like what their (laughs) investment that they, in terms of time and emotional energy, what their philosophy of practice was? Any question that you would need to find out, is this person going to actually work out well in the studio? No, (laughs) So you did, you're paying for it. You're just paying for it later in a different way.
0: Right. Right.
1: I prefer to pay for it up front with a loss later and have a really long-term client. Yes. Then put myself through the emotional baggage (laughs) and the emotional (laughs) of dealing with nonsense people that I said yes to. Right. Right because I didn't do my due diligence.
0: And I think th- I think we've all experienced that, right? We've all experienced like the... Of course. The, the, and, and losing students, like, you know, whether it's in the middle of the year or they just don't... I mean, it's such a waste of all that time and investment and they're not happy <sighs> and then they leave a bad Google review and then you just... Yeah. I want to thank you for clarifying that because I think that we don't understand like it like giving away things for free or uh, it's not just it's not just as simple as it is like what you said like you the time you spend in the beginning I think I think I've referred to it. I think our team refers to it as front loading. Like you've got to do a lot of work. Yeah. Front loading and setting up systems and doing all the things. And it's really tedious and annoying, but the payoff comes down the road. That's we were we call it front loading.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially with systems, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so that's kind of where yeah, that's totally where I'm going. Is I mean, in sales, it's called a loss leader, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. but it's
1: absolutely from an emotional and an energy and a capacity perspective. It's absolutely front loading. You know, it's like, do you want to find out now when it's relatively easy to say bye, or do you want to find out in six months when it gets really sticky and emotional to say goodbye? And money is involved now. Yeah. You know, so the initial fit is there for you to really dig in deeper, find out the specific needs of the client, what does their life look like, what is their flexibility, all of that, and for you to have an opportunity to talk about how really the culture of your studio, what it means to be a student there, um, give them an opportunity to ask you any question about delivery of service, things like cancels, that you can answer right there, which by the way, when they are asking you questions about your policies and you can answer them to their face
0: oh, and they yes. hear
1: it with their very own earballs instead of you just sending them policies and then them signing them claiming to have read them <laughs> yes this can be this is helpful right and mm-hmm. then you sing together you work together and you can make a decision from there mm-hmm I think this is a really good thing here. Here's how we work. Mm-hmm. Some, many people just have one way. Like this is how I do it. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the market is going to sustain that for much longer. Mm. I think the pandemic has really taught people how to be more discerning about what they want and need mm-hmm. in terms of services because so many services went online. Yeah. Um, so I personally think that there should be multiple revenue streams, even if those revenue streams are providing kind of the same service in three different modalities, for example, one-on-one or group or a subscription, you know, or drop-in mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. so that you can say, listen, based on your goals, based on your availability, based on your flexibility, based on how important this is to you, based on your timeline, I believe we sh- the best way to do all of this is in this offer, Right. We should meet weekly. This will be a tuition package. This is how it works. However, if that doesn't work for you, you can always do drop ins or we can start off early and do this group thing that I offer. It's you know, this is the time and day for that. Uh, But it is our job as the singing teacher to be able to have that lesson and use our educated guesses about knowing what it takes to get good at the goals this person has and then what that's going to take in studio.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: I think this also helps with the pricing dilemma that people Mm. tend to have.
0: Yes. Oh, my stuff
1: is too expensive. And I'm like, well, if you only have one thing to offer and it's very, very expensive, then you have a different sales responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. And the weight of sales is going to sit differently on you than if you have three different options at three different price points with three different scopes of service.
0: Mm. So good.
1: So you can, I mean, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. Like, that's my whole big thing. The whole reason why I wrote the book wasn't because this is exactly what you should do. Right. It's this is what works. I find works best Mm -hmm. for a majority of people. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what your sales goals are, what your brand capital is, how well you're known, if you're already full and you're trying to vet people out of the way, or if you're like trying to build up your business because you're just brand new, you're gonna like take and you're gonna pick and choose different parts.
0: Right, right.
1: But ultimately, in your inquiry process, you're always doing some sort of free discovery, you're always doing some sort of paid make sure, and you're always doing some sort of sales. Uh, Whether you're doing it by like just kind of scarily, here's my policies and my pricing after the (laughs) lesson. I hope maybe you'll buy from me. You know, like fine. If that's how you're starting out, start out that way. Mm -hmm. But make this thing intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, you have these really great relationships that are built in trust and communication to start with. Which makes it way easier
0: to deal with problems later on down the road if one arises that needs difficult communication. Well, and I would also think, too, if you have a clear system that is about discovery and really getting to know them, how much more productive are your first lessons going to be?
1: So much more productive. You jump right in,
0: right? That's always
1: that's
0: always a that's always a challenge. I think is first lessons are awkward. Like they're like, okay, you know, what should we do? What song should we sing? And and it's because we don't know enough about them to really get started. So how wonderful we've done the work. We get to know them, they feel acknowledged and listened to and understood, and they probably would feel a lot more comfortable communicating with you as well.
1: Mm-hmm. You're establishing, I mean, what do they say? You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I think also how Maya Angelou put, put it when she said, people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel.
0: Oh, so good. Yes. Yes, and
1: um, you know, not within reason. Obviously, everyone is responsible for their own emotional journey and their, their own narratives in their head, and all of this. Um, yet, why are we insisting on being service-based providers? We're providing a service, which means that we are creating relationship, and the most important part of that relationship—the very beginning of it—we're mm-hmm. trying to breeze through because we feel uncomfortable.
0: Oh, thank you for saying
1: that. You're singers, people. You are performers. You get on stages in front of people who could heckle you and throw bananas and tomatoes, <laughs> and you're afraid of having a sales conversation with a parent. Come on! I believe in. I believe that you
0: have this in you. I also wanted, I wanted to put out. Do. I also wanted to put out there. I, I really, I'm really glad you said that because teachers talk about that. Yeah, not liking those first conversations, but. I would like to remind people that, especially if you're dealing with adults, like for like advocational adults, I guarantee that they are absolutely terrified. It's probably taken them, I don't know, their whole life to build up the confidence to reach out. And how wonderful when they reach out that you're there to, to get to know them and find out what they love and what they do. Like how wonderful will they feel and more confident will they feel, A, about starting lessons with you, about committing, if you've had that conversation and you've made them feel like you you well, that you do care about them, not that you've made them feel that you care about it. Because you do. You want to get to know them. Like how what a beautiful thing.
1: Relationships. I mean, if we're not we're performers, if it's not about relationship, then what's it about? Yeah, it's storytelling, it's relationship, it's building each other up, it's community, it is, you know, lighting each other's candles. So the whole room gets brighter.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I get it. And I do talk a little bit, I I did actually take a risk in the book, Nikki, and I did say a little bit about kind of some of the harmful and hurtful things that happen in our field. Mm.
0: Yes, and I'm glad you touched on that, to be perfectly honest with you. I think I think you handled it very beautifully and very, very um, cautiously, but I think we have to talk about it. We have to talk about that in our industry.
1: Thank you. I think it really stops a lot of people from truly allowing themselves to understand sales. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the power of a healthy and agency-based agency of the person at mm-hmm. every step, mm-hmm. you know, the person buying from us, and our own agency too like're we it's okay if we shut down the process because we're uncomfortable. like we said, red and orange flags earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have we have such a field that is based on begging people to tell us that we're good enough. mm. Mm -hmm. begging people to see us begging people to understand that we can bring something fresh and exciting to their show or to their program or Mm -hmm. to their yap or to their gig or their venue and when it comes to the sales process with our clients we just own that same kind of please please like me energy
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that doesn't work because it's not an audition you're not Mm. asking they're the person the client is the singer is the person saying to you please like me Mm -hmm. and you have to put that hat you have to put that venue or director or whatever hat on and say I have a responsibility to this singer in front of me to tell them the truth about themselves to their face in a loving and gentle way so that they are not traumatized the way I was in voice lessons, you know what I mean? So that they have the information that they need Mm -hmm. to achieve their singing and musical goals. Mm -hmm.
0: I, I, I really love this conversation. It's a hard conversation to have, but I mean, our industry is really dismantling that master apprentice approach and it starts here right it starts here like like the abuse that people have gone through in in post secondary in in we're hearing about it in like major performing companies like we are learning so much about the trauma the abuse that master apprentice that power over relationship and we don't want to bring mm-hmm. that to our businesses. Yeah. I mean, I
1: I go back and I'll be honest with you. I go back and forth, Nikki, on whether we're really dismantling this or we're just talking about that we're dismantling oh, it.
0: Oh, fair. Fair. Sure.
1: Um, I do believe that there that the zeitgeist is changing about what is appropriate. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But I think in terms of actual behaviors, Mm. we're still in that cycle of just doing what was done unto us.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: And my hope, if I can be so bold to bring it around to this, is that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book Mm -hmm. was because sales is one of those places that we can do some damage
0: with
1: our students our potential singers and sales is a place where we can teach the singer in front of us that we consider them an equal with agency who can make their own choices is in Mm. charge of their own body, their own time, their own voice. We do that in a solid discovery process. Mm. So good. This is the action I want to see behind all that talk about Mm. agency. Mm -hmm. Because if you're telling me that you don't believe in Master Apprentice on one hand, but then when I ask you about how you onboard people and you say, well, I just send them my packages and then they sign up with knowing nothing about it, that is out of alignment to me. Mm. Do I think people are doing it on purpose? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right. I do not think it's malice. But I do think we have, we thought leaders like yourself and any other thought leader in the space has to call out and say, hey, this is an example of how we enact behavior Mm. that is truly breaking down systemic master apprentice models.
0: I want to thank you for, sharing these conversations and speaking to these topics cuz it's so it's hard work. It's hard work, but we got to start, right? We got to start with conversations and and being aware and challenging ourselves out of our comfort zones and understanding that we can make a big difference. You know, we're we're we can change the the course for our future singers and musicians by having these systems in place and understanding why they're there yeah we can change an industry nikki Mm, so good where can my wonderful listeners uh find this amazing book art of the inquiry did I say that right? Well, I'm
1: going to give you a link to put in your show notes. Oh,
0: exciting. And
1: if people just want to boop on over to the speakeasycooperative.com, there should be a little drop-down doohickey mm-hmm. that comes in the top of the website yep. that says... Buy the ebook here. It doesn't nice. sing to you. I'm working on that, but it was That'd very expensive. Cool. So
0: <laughs> there should be
1: a little drop down there. Mm-hmm. It is also for people who love Instagram. It's also in my Instagram link tree thingy, mm-hmm. which okay. isn't Linktree, is link tree, but it's link tree. Um the link in bio. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it is also
0: Floating around the internet somewhere. I mean, it's all over. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Michelle, I want to thank you for your candid conversations, your hard conversations, and how you challenge all of us to be better Humans, not just better teachers and better business people, but better humans. And I am excited. Season seven, we will have you back again and again and again. Whether you wear your bathing suit or not, I mean, it's really up to you.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're getting so we invested. My yes. husband and I are you running for this? Okay. Here's a peek behind the curtain, everybody.
0: My husband and I <gasps> just ordered. A oh, tub. so jelly! That is on our list that is on our list we uh, we saved and mm. we saved
1: and we saved so we can have another we can have another conversation about how to budget for right. a very expensive hot tub yes okay yeah but we saved and we saved mm-hmm. we said it was mm-hmm. a big goal for us and so to that point you may be seeing me in my uh, swimsuit an awful lot i love it i love it
0: i just wanted to let my listeners know that in the, the early days of the podcast i would like wear my finest clothes. At least from the waist up, I would do my hair. I was like makeup. And now it's like gardening grubs and messy buns and maybe there's there's actually twigs in my hair right now.
1: <laughs> I love it. Remember when I used to wear makeup for you, Nikki? Remember those days C-
0: long ago? Just, I love it. <laughs> But Season is, seven is real life. This I is just real life. Um, Michelle, thank you so, so much. I'm going to put all of your information for people to reach out in the show notes, but we will have you back. And I am wishing you the best day ever to you. Thank you. You know, I love being here. A big, huge thank you to our good friend, Michelle marquardt for that amazing conversation. Friends, before you go, I wanna give you a little heads up what's happening next time on the Full Voice Podcast. My special guest is Eden Castile. We had this amazing conversation at the convention this past summer. Eden is talking about recital alternatives. Here's a clip from our upcoming show.
2: Ask really the painful questions, invite criticism. Oh, that's hard. It's really hard. So, for you can do that by just saying, "What do you not like?" You know, what do you like about our recital offerings, or what do you like about how the studio is? You know, the location. What do you like about my how I charge tuition or how I collect tuition? What don't you like? Mm. That's different than saying, "What would you change?" Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they'll say, "Oh, I wouldn't change anything," and that's a right. cop out answer. By the way, students always lie. Um, they don't mean to, but that's like Dr. House, right? He said, every patient lies because they don't really want to tell you because they're afraid they're going to hurt your feelings right? or that they're going to say something that makes them not like you. So they really want you to, be, to like you. They want you to like them, so they'll lie. Right. And they won't really tell you, so make it anonymous. So say, what don't you like and what would you do about it, mm. right? The thing you hate the most, you can use the word hate. Wow. Invite criticism. And they may or may not take you up on it, but you'd be surprised who does. So I asked those questions, and I sent it out, and I got back really interesting stuff. What I really heard was how terrified everybody was of live performing. Oh, right. Terrified. But at the same time, they really wanted to do it. And I asked them, what is the thing that has disappointed you the most about your own music career? Oh, that's a heavy question. Yeah. What um, what do you really want to do? You know, What's your bucket list goal? And what's going to keep you from doing it?
0: That's episode 168 with Eden Castile. That's coming up next time on the Full Voice Podcast. Friends, do not hesitate. Get your ebook by the delightful Michelle Marquardt DeVoe. There are links in the show notes, and I know that it will be a helpful helpful manual for professionally welcoming in new students into your studio. As always, friends, I am wishing you inspired teaching, wonderful discovery calls, (laughs) and happy singing.